1: Well, what's up, y'all? We are back with another edition of the DNBR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook app. Download it today. Use the promo code DNBR when you sign up. It is Thursday, May 4th, about 10 a.m. when I'm recording this. I just caught up with Will Darkey. He is our intern over on the college side here at DNBR. He's a CU student, about to be an alum, I suppose. Today is actually his last day of class, so big congrats to him and a big thank you to him for still joining us on the pod despite you know being busy with everything he has going on. But I needed to get him on the pod because I wanted to get his perspective just as an astute college basketball observer, as somebody that watched Neat Clifford up and close these past couple of seasons, he can obviously just provide a, a different perspective than I can as somebody that was watching that program from afar. Will talked a little bit about why he feels that the writing was on the wall in regards to Clifford probably leaving the the buffs program. You could just see his role decreasing as the season went on. He talked about how he thought, you know, confidence might have been part of it but he still thinks that Neek has a really high ceiling. He talked about how he's just an incredibly good dude and how he'll be rooting for him at CSU. So I think Ram fans are going to enjoy this perspective. I think they'll enjoy the pod. Will really hyped up Neek's athleticism, which is certainly something that I'm excited about, as well as his defensive abilities, defensive prowess. That always sounds like a weird word to me, but I believe I used it correctly. Anyways, we'll get to that interview here in just a second. It was a really good one. Also, make sure you guys keep your eyes out later this week. We're going to have Eli Bedker of Heat Check CBB on one of the brightest minds in all of college basketball. We're going to get him on to talk about CSU hoops as well. You know, what the additions of Neat Clifford, Joel Scott, Javante Johnson mean for this Rams team, how it could impact their ceiling, all that fun stuff. Uh, Also supposed to have Jack Moran on the first commit for the 2024 cycle son of legendary CSU football player and CSU Athletics Hall of Fame inductee Sean Moran. So, a lot of fun stuff coming up for all the Ram fans out there. It's the off season, but we're still going to try and keep things interesting, get as many guests on as we can, just, you know, get some different perspectives on here. As much as I love the sound of my own voice. I don't, by the way. That's sarcasm. I love being able to pick the brains of people that I respect. I love being able to sit back and let them lead the convo every now and then after monologuing. So we'll just try and keep things fresh this offseason, try and keep it fun for all you guys. Obviously, big excitement going into football and basketball season, but we've uh, we've got quite a ways to go. This is the long stretch now. Just briefly, before we get to that conversation with Will Darkey on Nick Clifford, why he thinks that... He could be a big-time addition for CSU, what went wrong at CU, all that stuff. I did want to give my final thoughts on Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies. If you missed it, a report from Shams came out that the Memphis Grizzlies would not be bringing Dylan Brooks back under any circumstances, which, you know, as a certified Dylan Brooks hater, it, it cracked me up. It did feel a bit petty and unnecessary and while I genuinely think he kind of got what was coming to him it also feels like he's being scapegoated here to a to an extent I just mean for all his flaws and there are plenty of them the biggest of which is that he constantly runs his mouth and is a distraction off the court so much so that it offsets what he brings to the table on the court because it's not like he's a bum He had been an effective role player for the Grizzlies these past couple of seasons. It just feels like this year, especially, he got far too caught up in trying to play that villain role and be an instigator and a tough guy and all this. But then as soon as it backfired on him, he kind of ran away with his tail tucked between his legs, which was a punk move if you're going to be that guy and you're going to talk all that mess, at least be that guy all the time, then don't refuse to talk to the media multiple nights, act as if it's the media that's framing you in this negative light and not the the consequences of your own actions. That said, factoring all of that in and also including the fact that he just was not very good down the stretch. I mean, Two of nine from three in game one, minus 18 on the floor overall. Five of 14 from the field in the second game. He was plus eight in that one, but just really rough stretches in that final game where they got blown out by 40. He was minus 23, four of 11 from the floor. Just pretty much laid an egg after talking all kinds of trash. So I'm not surprised at all that Memphis is moving on from Dylan Brooks, that they don't want to bring him back. I think that's a locker room that needs some more veteran pieces, some more maturity. just kind of seemed like, at least watching from afar, and obviously you know much more if you're a beat reporter in Memphis around these guys day-to-day. But just from watching them pretty closely, though, it seemed like as soon as Steven Adams went down, they just didn't have an adult in the room. And while I could sit here and badmouth Brooks all day, and I think most of the criticism is completely justified, I also think the reality is that the Grizzlies have issues that are deeper-rooted than just Dylan Brooks being a dickhead. I mean, this season alone, John Morant had the strip club scandal. He allegedly punched a teenager or something in another incident. And when that's how the face of your franchise is acting, that's going to stem down, especially when you've got a locker room full of young guys. So... I don't know. It's not a personal thing against Dylan Brooks or anything like that. And really, in the end, I feel like I just ranted against him for five minutes. And then at the end here, I'm saying it's not his fault that the Grizzlies have worse issues. It's somewhere in the middle, like most things. But hopefully it can be a moment where Brooks can look in the mirror, self-reflect a little bit, maybe grow up. Or at the very least, if he's going to be this guy, be the dude that talks trash, at least does it with his chest in the future and then doesn't duck the media afterwards. Right now, he's kind of trying to have it both ways, but I just think that this is a Grizzlies team that could use a bit of a shakeup. Hopefully with Brooks moving on, it's going to mean more minutes for Roddy. They're going to need him to fulfill some of the stuff that Brooks did as far as perimeter defense goes, knocking down jump shots. And just kind of being versatile, like sort of a hybrid wing, but occasionally being a small four, being able to defend multiple positions and not being a liability and switches, stuff like that. More than anything, it just comes down to fill in your role. I mean, you don't have to be an all-star. You just got to fill your role and not let your actions off the court overshadow what you do on the court, which to me is what Dylan Brooks lost sight of. He was too busy trying to, play WWE or be a Dennis Rodman type. But the reality is, is he does not make the impact on the floor on either end that Rodman did defensively. So maybe just know your role. That would be my advice to Dylan Brooks. Just know your role, know your place. All right, that's enough of that. Let's move on. Let's get to that interview with Will Darkey. Talk about Nick Clifford But take on the sun with gear that's built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all either. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every single pair is backed by lost and broken replacements, which means if you break or lose your pair... Even on day one, they told us they're going to send you a brand new pair. No questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And if you don't love your Shady Rays, you can exchange for a new pair or return them free within 30 days. Again, there's no risk. When you shop, their team always has your back. Together with their customers, Shady Rays is providing much needed support to nonprofit partners across the US through Shady Rays Impact, from building playsets for pediatric cancer patients to providing young adults with MS, the outdoor adventure of a lifetime, Shady Rays is making an impact in your community and others like it now and for years to come. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays has given out their best deal of the season. Go to shadyrays.com, use the code DNVR for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The shade's rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Also, I started taking athletic greens because I wanted to be healthier. You know, a couple years ago, I think we all started getting a little more conscious about that type of stuff, vitamins and whatnot but I'm not a big pill guy. I don't want to have to take a million different supplements. That's just annoying. And if, if it's too much of a hassle, I'm just not going to do it, even if it is beneficial for me. And that's why AG1 is perfect for me. With one scoop of athletic Greens, you're getting 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens. It's a great way to help you start your day right. The special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, aging, all the things. It's super easy. All you got to do, grab a scoop, put it in the water bottle and 8 to 12 ounces of cold water, shake it up, boom, you're good to go. It kind of tastes like a green tea latte to me, but there's some citrus there too. So sometimes I'll have it with my smoothies. Anyways, it's lifestyle friendly. So if you're keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, you're good there. Less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. It costs less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than a cold brew habit. And you can have some peace of mind knowing that you're taking a quality product. It's important to choose something with high quality ingredients that your body is actually gonna absorb. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. And as I've mentioned multiple times as a lazy guy, it's nice and easy. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash rams. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash rams to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right. Joining me on the DNVR Rams podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, we've got Will Darkey. He is one of our interns technically on the buff side, but we've been doing a lot of work together covering college hoops this spring it's been a blast. Will is actually about to wrap up. So we got to say shout out to him, his last official day of class in college. We all remember those moments. Now you, you're you part of the old club, dude. Like, it's amazing how fast it goes once class ends. And I know that's not what you want to hear right now. But it's just the truth.
0: Yeah, it, I don't know. It just these four years really flew by, I think a big part of it was COVID just kind of getting tossed into it. And so now it's like, wow, I'm a, someone yesterday was like, oh, you're about to be an alum. I'm like that, that just already sounds weird. Like Ugh, that. I'll, I feel so bad for you guys that got alum.
1: impacted by COVID though.
0: Yeah, it was, I I personally feel like I made the most of it and like still had a good college experience, but it it was definitely really weird to deal with, so.
1: You pushed on. That's all you can do. But yeah, it's just it's unfortunate. I, I My brother was the same deal. But congratulations, man. We'll, we'll stick on the positive side. Um, we'll talk about some basketball, which is obviously something you and I both love. Uh, I brought Will on because I wanted to get his perspective on Neek Clifford, the former CU starter that is transferring to CSU. Uh, I guess first things first,
0: were you surprised when he transferred? Um, I wasn't too surprised. I think you could kind of see that it was coming. Uh, just overall, he there was a little dip in like all numbers across the board from this year. He started 33 of 35 games for the Buffs, um, but averaged less minutes this season than he did his second year or kind of his first official year with the Buffs. Um, and so like while he was starting. Towards the tail end of the season, he was, it seemed like he was just like less and less in the rotation. And even with the bus, we were dealing with a lot of injuries um, towards the end, they still didn't go to Neek all that much. And so I think he, it sort of seemed like the writing was on the wall that he was going to transfer out and go somewhere where he could play some more significant minutes. So I, was, I wasn't too surprised by it.
1: I noticed his field goal attempts way went way down as the the season progressed. Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it was kind of odd because, like you said, he was you know a, a player that was very hyped coming out of high school, former four star prospect, one of the best players in the state, was recruited hard by CSU and CU. Ended up in Boulder. Has has been impactful, especially on the defensive side. What what is it about the offensive end that you feel like just kind of didn't click there? Do you think maybe in the wrong role, like it seemed like he was kind of playing the wing role. Maybe he's more suited to be like a true two. Um, I just, what are your thoughts there?
0: Yeah, I. To me, it it felt very. He was very passive. Um, whenever he get the ball, it you kind of were not. You weren't ever expecting him to shoot. It it always felt more like, all right, Neek's gonna maybe like penetrate and then kick it, or I don't know. I it just. I don't know if it was this season by you look at his numbers and his field goal percentage kind of dropped so therefore just mentally he wasn't feeling like he wanted to pass but yeah it it could have been in like not the right role to me it just felt like he he just wasn't looking to shoot all that much and he was a lot more of like a passive player maybe trying to be like more of a playmaker like creator but I don't know it 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 got a little odd because you you saw a lot of it um in the 2021-22 season like he shot 40% from 3 so there was a lot of hype coming into this past season like oh neat could take a huge step up and like he could who knows he could have another 40% shooting season from 3 or it, who knows it could get get even higher and then he it just didn't click quickly you could tell and i don't know if he mentally was dealing with that and then got a lot more passive but that's just kind of what i observed throughout this past season
1: so you think he should shoot more
0: i think he you said it like he four-star athlete one of the more talented guys coming out of colorado in recent years he has the tools in his bag i, I to me it just felt more mental and yeah like you saw it, he shot 40 percent from three two seasons ago. And so he could totally join the CSU team where maybe he has a more established role, find his groove again. And he could, he could easily be a 40% shooter from deep. If, yeah, I think he just needs to shoot again.
1: What are your thoughts on CU's offense as a whole? And just because Right now, we don't know what's going to happen with Isaiah Stevens. My gut is that he's going to be back for his fifth year with this team just because I think if he does, they they have a potential to be really good, and he can see that, but we'll see. Just my gut, knock on wood, all that. Don't get mad at me, CSE fans. I'm not reporting anything, no inside info, just a gut feeling. Had to clarify that like eight times. But if Isaiah comes back, you know he's one of the best facilitators in the country, and one of the benefits of playing on this team is – he's going to create a lot of shots for you in rhythm with Nick. Was he a guy that was, you know, were they getting him shots in rhythm with, did he have to create his own shot? Just how did the buffs offense flow as the season went on?
0: That's one thing that Buff fans actually, it was in the Pac-12 tournament that it sort of stuck out. Um, AJ Simpson, who was the buffs like starting point guard for much of the season went down with mono and so he was out for the Pac-12 tournament and Julian Hammond stepped in, another Colorado kid. Uh, he stepped in as kind of like the new one and the offense seemed to just flow a lot better with him. It seemed like he was facilitating just a lot better and it felt a little more fluid. Um, and so that's one thing that I personally was like, hmm, is was this a mistake having KJ as the one this entire Season when he maybe wasn't the tr- best, like true one, but more like a combo one. Probably should be playing two, and so it, it, I definitely think you could say Like I, there may not been the best facilitator on this offense to just get get good shots to Neek and or get good looks to Neek. Where if he goes or we going to CSU if Isaiah Stevens comes back, that is just it's so far beyond like a different story Isaiah Stevens is so good as a point guard like such a good facilitator that I it could be something really special for Nick just getting him shots in rhythm if Stevens were to come back
1: well and it's already a cool story because he's reuniting with some Colorado Springs guys Javante Johnson's coming in from UNM they're really tight and then Joel Scott, who was a D2 All-American D2 Player of the Year at Black Hills State, he's coming over as well. So this CSU team is, you know, very much revamped. I'm I'm just very interested to see how it works out because Nick Clifford, like you, I believe, is a guy who has all the tools. You, you look at him defensively, the length that he brings to the table, I think he really flourished in that regard at CU. Even this past season was a great defender. If he can just... Getting a rhythm and find that confidence offensively, it, it could be a big, big addition for this program. I think because I just, I don't really think he was ever fully unleashed in the way that he could be. And sometimes that's just you know playing with the the wrong guys. Sometimes it's the wrong role. But I think a change of scenery is going to be good for him.
0: Yeah, and it's obviously he's not coming out of high school right now, so it's it's a couple years out. But um, I remember just when he committed to see you watching his high school tape from the vanguard school just a tiny school in carter springs and it was if you want to like just kind of get excited and hype yourself up about like just the type of athlete that nick is just you can put on his high school film i know it is a couple years out now but it he he is an athlete what was it two years ago It, it was uh kind of the first season back that students were allowed to be in the student section. So I remember being in the student section. I think I'm like wearing a mask and it's just like this odd vibe and everything. But Nick had this deal against USC that then led to this breakaway or I don't know if he had a steal, but there was a breakaway and he just put some kid on USC on an absolute poster. And I, I still remember to this day because in my mind, I'm like, all right, like sports are back. That was electric, like, I it was just one of those like moments that i I had been missing in my life, and i I just remember so vividly this Nike poster. And so he is this athlete that who knows maybe he could he could do the same thing and just electrify Fort Collins. He shoot He, has, he did it
1: to c s u in the blowout. He put Patrick Cartier on a poster. That was one of his better games this past season. He had thirteen points, four rebounds, two blocks, like, that's kind of what you're hoping for, right? Is that type of game. I think it was like six of nine from the floor. Just exactly what you're hoping for.
0: Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I totally agree with what you said about, like, he has all the tools. I just, I don't know if he did get fully unleashed. And I think with CSU, hopefully he could have just a more significant role and really, like, kind of mold into the player that he wants to be.
1: What has been the reaction from CU fans just with Lavering going to Utah and having to play him and then now Nick nee Clifford going to CSU and, and having to face him as well? Is there some frustration in that regard? Or is it mostly just excitement because you've got, you know, Cody Williams and uh, what's the TCU kid, Lampkin, coming in?
0: Yeah. Um, the Neek one, I, for me personally, like, with CU right now it's like 95 percent prime five percent anything else so you're not seeing like too too many like significant fans it's, it might just be more like casuals that are like oh what that like that's stupid he's going to CSU or he's going to Utah but like me personally I totally see it like lovering had eyes to Utah like he played club basketball in Utah so while it is a little frustrating to just do like an interconference transfer. I, I see the ties and so I respect it. And then Neek, I like when he entered the portal, I already like in my head, I'm like, he's either going to CSU or he's going to maybe Air Force or UNC. I knew he was staying in state though. And my reasoning behind that was going to every CU game. His family he his family would come to every game he has a huge following because they're just from the spring. So they'd come up to every game. They had their jerseys. And then after the game, after like media is done and everything, he's just hanging out with his family on the court. I'm like, this guy cares about his family. He's very family oriented. So he's not going to go far. So in my head, I'm like, okay, it would make so much sense for him to go up to CSU because CSU was also targeting him a couple of years ago out of high school. So I, I want nothing but the best for him. I've got, I've, had a couple classes with him i have a class with him actually my last class of college today is with him and he's just like such a like soft-spoken kind dude so like i want nothing but the best for him and um yeah there is this like this beef between cu csu but at the end of the day like these these guys are just trying to like make a name for themselves i think he said he has to leave cu so that he can make a name for himself and hopefully get to like the next stage of the NBA. And yes, it's really tough to get to the NBA, but everyone's got to do what they got to do to better themselves. So I, I respect it.
1: I think that's the right approach to have, man. I mean, it's, I I do understand there's a small part of me. If you go like old school college fan approach, just transferring to a rival inherently feels like dirty or wrong, but it's just different. It's a different era. Like it's, it's not Marcus Houston transferring from CU football to CSU in the mid two thousands. Like it's just, it's a completely different era. And as you mentioned, he's a big family guy. That's every single person I've talked to from Boulder that they brought that up. They've been like, it's actually pretty neat to see because he's got this huge fan club. They all come, they're all tight. I'm interested to see just, in general, there's going to be a whole brigade coming up from the Springs with all these guys they added. It's it's going to be a neat little story.
0: No, yeah, there will there will definitely be. It's it's just really cool because they they have this spot just uh, probably season tickets or like family tickets that the university gave them, and so you just knew exactly where to look in the stands for Neek's little cohort. And so I hope that th- there's something like that up at CSU for them too, and then you can the fan and just media can point out be like, oh, there's, there's Neek's group. And like, they, they're loud and rowdy. So CSU is going to get a nice little, just like boost to, uh, the fan base and excitement for basketball next year.
1: We'll get right back to that conversation. But when you get hurt, Backus and Shanker is here to help. Backus and Shanker wins for Colorado families. They have been helping those who are seriously injured in Colorado for more than 25 years. They're free until they win money in your case, no upfront fee to speak with you about your case, no fee while they work on your case, and no fee unless they win your case and win money for you. Backus & Shanker has won over $1 billion for their clients now with even more locations serving all of Colorado, including neighborhood offices in Denver, Aurora, Englewood, and Fort Collins. Backus & Shanker has the strength and power to win your case with more than 30 lawyers and 100 staff. Backus and Shanker helps with all kinds of injury cases when you weren't at fault, car accident, motorcycle, rideshare, pedestrians, trucks. They can even help if you're injured at work. Call Backus and Shanker at 222-2222 to find out if you have a case for free. Backus and Shanker wins. Also, you know that we love Breckenridge Brewery over at DNVR, and it's because they have a beer for any occasion. There's no better way to watch a game than having some ice cold Breck brew on deck. They've been doing it for 32 years, and it all comes down to their love and passion for making good beer. It's made with 100% renewable energy, which you've got to love. And I just love the endless variety that they offer. We've got summer coming up. You can't go wrong with a Mountain Beach Sour. You can't go wrong with the Good Company Hard Seltzers. Those hit every single time. I love their new Shandy. It's to die for. But you can never go wrong with just the classic Avalanche Amber Ale. I know the Colorado Avalanche, unfortunately, eliminated by Seattle in the opening round of the playoffs. But you can still have an avalanche amber ale and just reminisce about the cup run of last year. And I'm telling you, if you've got an ice cold avalanche ale in your hand, you're not going to be sad for long. Finally, I got to give you my DraftKings pick of the week. DraftKings pick of the week. Looking at some futures on the NBA section. And right now you can get the Boston Celtics to win the Eastern Conference at minus 140. You can get Philadelphia at plus 300. Certainly would love to see a Jokic-MB to match up in the finals. That would be a ton of fun. But I do think this Boston team is just too deep. I think Philly struggles to match up with them. And at minus 140, I think the value is still there. So lock it in. DraftKings pick of the week, Boston to win the East at minus 140. Before I let you go, just as somebody that follows CU, what are kind of expectations going into this season? Because you you do have a big recruiting class. I would say this past season was probably a letdown in terms of what they achieved. I mean, I don't think there were super high expectations, but I think they could they underachieved to an extent. Um, just what what are your thoughts going into this this summer?
0: Um, I personally want to. I think the Buffs are in the position to be a tournament team next year. I don't know if that's like a top five, like a five seed or anything. I personally would just be happy to see them as like in the eight nine game.
1: Just make it.
0: Yeah, like it's for it's for not being like a fan of a Duke Blue Devil or exactly. Michigan State, who's yeah. who you know is going to be in every year. So it's like you want a good seed. Like I just I like it whenever my team makes the tournament. So I think CU has the to make the tournament next year i'd probably right now say that like they're good enough to be like an eight or nine maybe they could be in the seven um i'd like to see if they get another transfer there was a transfer that they were going for from grand canyon but he chose texas tech over the bus um they got that yeah,
1: NIL collective which helps
0: yep um i don't know i i do i do really like what. I feel like Eddie Lampkin, the TCU big man, he's kind of the first big transfer ever since like the transfer portal's kind of like been re- revamped to what it is now. This Lampkin feels like the first big transfer for the Buffs basketball team. Cause last year it was just two Ivy League kids and a JUCO. It just, I don't know. It I'm excited to see how he fits into the team. With Cody Williams, also the five-star like top ten player, that'll that'll be fun because that's kind of something that I personally, as a Buffs fan, have never like gotten. Just a a five-star top ten player that's gonna like plug in immediately to the starting lineup.
1: Yeah, that's fair, man. I I think CU fans should be excited for what y'all have got brewing there. Um, I hope that the CSU and CU play. I believe the original agreement was for it to be a home and home, so they'll. Hopefully, become to Fort cons, but I think Tad said something after last game, like we'll have to see or something like that. So we'll see um what are your thoughts on that, I guess, just as a cU student, do you feel like they should play every single year in hoops
0: i I think they should. Um, I think you see it you've seen it just the past couple of years that the mountain West, while they're still looked at as like a mid major conference, they are not a conference to like mess around with. they San Diego State making it to the final four um or national championship or wait no wow it's been so long national championship um four teams out of the mountain west have made it back to back back to back like, years yeah yeah like the mountain west is not a conference to mess around with and i think um one of my favorite like college basketball analyst guys he talks about how um just the good mid majors. Or like you look at a, a Houston or or a VCU, a VCU is like a good example of it where um they're like a good mid-major, but they don't have like the good resume. So then come tournament time, the people making the bracket are ex- going to say like, oh, well, they didn't play anybody. they All they did was play their conference. They didn't have a good non-conference. It's because like the power six teams don't want to schedule a VCU because they don't want a loss. I feel like that's a similar thing with like a CSU, where it's like this is a good mid major. We don't want to lose to a mid major because it'll it'll hurt our resume. But at the same time, I like those matchups. So I personally, and it's it's CU versus CSU. Like who's not going to want to watch that every year? So sign me up. I'd love to watch it. Watch the Rocky Mountain Showdown every year. Watch it in hoops every year. Just wherever I can get CU versus CSU, I will be watching it
1: my man that's what i'm talking about in-state and prioritizing games that generate local interest that's you know hell of a concept schedule the games that the people want
0: yeah and i like the home in a way where like come down to boulder and then go up to fort collins like give give both fan bases a home game i i love it personally
1: I do too. Larry Stacey used to joke that they should play a home and home every single season, play a game in Boulder and Fort Collins, which I would have been about, but Tad would never agree to that. Yeah. I can't say that I blame him. Scheduling wise, that could be a nightmare. Like if you end up getting swept, then you're just like that. That alone could keep you out of the tournament. So I, I understand why that wouldn't happen, but playing yearly feels fine, especially as long as, like, CSU continues to be a respectable program. Like, you know, if you drop off, you're a fault, you know, you're consistently finishing at the bottom like they did this past year. It's fluky year, a lot of weird stuff happened. All right, maybe you, re- maybe you reconsider. But if you look at the scores, like, the 10 times before this last game, it's usually a one or a two possession game.
0: Yeah. No, and I, I do totally think that this past year was a fluke for the Rams. I think Nico's got this, like, He's got this program like on the right path. And I think I don't know. I as a Buffs fan, my my dad's a, a Ram. So I like I like to stay up to date with the Rams too, even though there's this rivalry. It's, it I like to just You're just
1: an informed hoops fan. That's, that's yeah. why I bring and you so on like,
0: and you yeah, can and, talk and at so all. So Isaiah Stevens, if Isaiah Stevens comes back, then I totally think the Rams are dangerous. I do love the the combination of the Springs boys too. Um, I just think that's like a fun little dynamic duo that they like they talked about and they're like, hey, let's go to fort columns together, yeah, that'd be a ton of fun. And so I don't know. I think Rams fans shouldn't be too worried. I think Nico will keep these guys relevant in the Mountain West like year in and year out now for the foreseeable future.
1: You heard it. That's a that's an unbiased opinion coming from a CU graduate himself. Will thank you so much for coming on throughout the spring to talk hoops with me um i'm definitely going to try and continue to have you on on the pod in the future but congratulations man soak it in i know it's kind of scary going into the real world and all that but you're a smart dude and you're gonna kill it
0: thank you so much it's it's been an absolute honor justin so thank you for having me on and yeah I i love to love to stay on and just continue to talk hoops whenever it's
1: What would you say if I told you I'd be the greatest
0: MC that there ever was? Eh. What would you say if I told you that I could take a bunch of kids from the bottom and bring them the number one? Eh. What would you say if I told you a nobody in the rockin' for a sold-out crowd? Damn, that shit is crazy. You probably never make
1: it. Were you listening to that right now? I said we on now.